Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray, Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Do Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Grits and Grinds. My name is Keith Parrish. The Grizzlies blow consecutive fourth quarter leads before riding the ship against the Kings. I'm going to try to take a measured look at Dylan Brooks and his recent fourth quarter struggles, plus question why Taylor Jenkins has turned away from lineups that contributed to recent success. All that on a new episode, which starts now. Go Grizz. Morant with a running start. Elevate. Oh, oh my goodness. Conley. Tie game in overtime. Gasol will turn his heat. It's good. It's up to 17. Conley now with three. Count it. A 15 point play for Memphis. And Blake Griffin gets into it on the floor with Randolph. Hard to tell if there are any punches being thrown under there, but Griffin took exception to something. The officials break it up quickly. See, he just locked his arm and then kind of pulled him over. Zach falls down, and then, you know what? A little elbow there. Oh, he's digging the elbow. Yeah, you know. All right, welcome to Grits and Grinds, a Memphis Grizzlies podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. My name is Keith Parrish. Man, just a few days ago, I was so excited about the Grizzlies. I'm still excited about the Grizzlies' young core, but I was over the moon with how Taylor Jenkins was running his rotations, 
the way it looked like a core of John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Clark, and DeAnthony Melton were going to be closing games or playing big minutes at the end of the first half and in fourth quarters. Uh, and the Grizzlies were winning, and it looked like they were winning because of those things. It started with that Suns game where they introduced a second unit which needs a name. I'm just going to call them the wrecking crew for this episode. The wrecking crew is Tyus Jones, Brandon Clark, and Anthony Melton. The first three subs off the bench in most of the recent games when the team is fully healthy. Those three guys come in and they form what I consider this like super lineup using Jay Crowder and Jaron Jackson Jr. So Jay Crowder, Jaron Jackson Jr. stay on the court from the starters and they're joined by the wrecking crew, Tyus Jones, Brandon Clark, and Anthony Melton. And we first saw this happen in the Phoenix game and I was like, yes, this is the answer. I love this five-man unit. Eventually they trade out you know, they get Jaron Jackson Jr. and Crowder out of the game. But a lot of the times that elides with the second quarter beginning and they're bringing in Jonas Valanciunas and John Morant again to carry the offense. And I thought this rotation pattern was perfect. And I'm repeating myself, but and it's set up finishing the halves with John Morant, Melton, uh, Crowder, Clark, and Jackson, which I thought is the strongest five-man unit, and I was so excited about it. Um, and we saw it, and they were winning. And they won four games in a row doing that. Um, if you throw out the Bucks game where John Morant and Brandon Clark didn't play. Uh, and so I was like, all right, this team is pretty good. When I recorded last episode, I was saying, hey, they do have an outside shot at the playoffs if the Thunder end up trading some of their guys away and maybe they can catch the Kings or they can catch the Timberwolves or the Spurs because these young guys should keep getting better. And as they go, as they grow together and play together, it could be really nice. Well, then something weird happened. I don't know what happened in the Thunder game. They were doing all the things we liked as far as the, I guess, subjectively the things I liked. They started that game, uh, it was a little different because Jaron Jackson Jr. got in foul trouble, so they brought in all the whole bench unit. They had five guys together, um, and it was the end of the third quarter when Jaron Jackson Jr. was in foul trouble again, also because Taylor Jenkins does not let Jaron Jackson Jr. play through the foul trouble a lot. Once he gets that fourth foul, he's gone. So he left in the third quarter, and then the all-bench unit, the five-man bench unit of Tyus Jones, Melton, Kyle Anderson, uh, Clark, and Solomon Hill, they struggled, and they gave up the lead, and what was a huge 24-point lead ended up only being a 7-point lead going into the fourth quarter. And then the fourth quarter was one of the darkest nights for me of the Grizzlies season, where Solomon Hill played all 12 minutes, Dylan Brooks played all 12 minutes, uh, Solomon Hill played the last 15 minutes of the game. D'Anthony Melton never got back in. Jaron Jackson Jr. only played a minute 47 before picking up his fifth foul. He never got back in the game. The Grizzlies lose. Jaron Jackson Jr. played one minute and 30 seconds in the fourth quarter. D'Anthony Melton, who'd been a huge part of fourth quarter wins uh, against the Heat and against the Wizards and the Suns and the Warriors. D'Anthony Melton, who'd been on the court for, for four consecutive wins, uh, they uh he didn't see the court and i was so confused by what they were doing they lost a close game they blew the lead and i was like what's what's happening and people were like hey chalk it up to maybe taylor jenkins it's new coach stuff or he's trying to keep the veterans happy 
even if he was trying to keep the veterans happy, uh, no Jonas Valanciunas, like he didn't get to play in that fourth quarter, even though he was doing fine. It was, it was really strange. They followed that up with a loss to the Cavs, where same situation. They they went with the lineups that I enjoy, uh, that I thought were that they were settling in on. They did add Grayson Allen back to the Mitch to the mix. So eleven players played in the first half of that one. Uh, then in the second half, very sad. No Kyle Anderson. They went down to ten guys. Um, but there were some new lineups we've never seen before. They lose that one. Also by going towards the veterans to finish the game, uh, Jay Crowder, Dylan Brooks, um, Solomon Hill, Jared Jackson Jr., John Morant. Uh, it's not that that lineup is terrible. Again, I guess I should say that. And maybe I'm getting too far into the weeds on all these lineups so early in the show. But uh, it's just Dylan Brooks and Jay Crowder have really been struggling in fourth quarters. And more so, the lineups with DeAnthony Melton and Brandon Clark playing alongside Jay Crowder, Jaron Jackson Jr., and John Morant have been so unbelievably good. And those guys are the Grizz next gen. Those guys are the future that it seems like they would keep playing those guys. They would stick with that while it was working. Uh, so that's why I think I got frustrated uh, with it. They bounced back with a win against the Kings, although it didn't. The, the fourth quarter still, it wasn't the stuff that we'd established in the good in that good little streak of victories, it was not going back to Melton and Clark. Um, I'm going to diagram all of these things, I guess, really, really hardcore and, and address uh, maybe what Dylan Brooks has been doing uh, in, in just a second. I know on Twitter, I've been like really railing on Dylan Brooks, um, but uh, we'll get all that in just a second a- after this short break. Talking about erectile dysfunction can be difficult, anxiety-inducing, might feel awkward, but there's no reason now to do nothing about it because of GetRoman.com. GetRoman.com is extremely discreet. You can go online, fill out a questionnaire, and a real doctor will answer your questions and can get you prescription medication that you need very simply. Just go to GetRoman.com slash Blue Wire. ED used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete the online visit today to connect with the doctor and get some help. Once again, go to GetRoman.com slash Blue Wire for a free online visit and to get free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash Blue Wire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash Blue Wire. All right, where were we? Dylan Brooks. I'm trying to be measured and not biased. Uh, Try to grade him objectively on what's been going on. Subjectively, he isn't a player I enjoy very much. And that just is my own personal taste, where I think when I cheer for NBA players, Sometimes I find myself, I have a tendency to pull for the guys who maybe aren't as talented offensively as Dylan Brooks, but who, who play more conservatively on offense, yet go really hard on defense, who are good at defense and can accomplish other things. Dylan Brooks is an okay defensive player. He's also a pretty good offensive player. 
Um, but when he gets carried away, that is like a personal pet peeve of mine of NBA players kind of getting carried away and taking bad shots and not getting their teammates involved. And so I guess because of that, I'm slightly biased now uh, against Dylan Brooks. I wasn't biased before I ever saw Dylan Brooks play, but after watching him for you know a full season his rookie year um, and then some games this year and last year, it isn't what I love, and it's gotten slightly out of control his not looking for other players. It was one thing in tanking when he was taking a bunch of shots because like the Grizzlies were bad, but now they have other options who need the ball. Give the ball back to John Morant or give the ball just period to John Morant. Don't ever dribble past half court and then pull up for a 15-footer. He takes so many bad two-pointers. Almost all mid-range shots, unless you're Kawhi Leonard, you should not be taking them off the dribble early in the shot clock. It's a bad shot. Analytics have shown us that. The expected number of points from a Dylan Brooks pull-up shot is very, very low. It's like 0.6 points expected per shot because he shoots 30% on these mid-range jumpers. It's real bad. Don't do it. His At least his bad pull-up three-pointers, you're like, well... At least it's a three-pointer, but he's doing it in fourth quarters, um, and, and it's been rough. The numbers for how rough it is, it's kind of crazy. Uh, over the last nine games, Dylan, and this again, very subjective uh, measure, but but over the last nine games, Dylan Brooks is only shooting twenty-five percent on fourth quarters, and I know plus-minus is a silly stat to some degree. Greg Popovich recently called it out for being like an analytical fantasy. But over the last nine fourth quarters, the Grizzlies have been outscored by 54 points when Dylan Brooks is on the court. That just means they're getting crushed in the fourth quarter. Somehow they're five and four. The Grizzlies have won five games, and they're still getting killed in these fourth quarters. That really painful back-to-back Thunder and Cavs losses. Uh, Dylan Brooks was one for eight from the field. He scored two points while playing 20 minutes. Got outscored by 22 points over those two games. So plus minus, I think is very helpful when, when you see it with the eye test that the Grizzlies are getting destroyed in the fourth quarters. And then you look it up and you say, oh, wow. Uh, over the last six games, the Grizzlies lose by 47 points when Dylan Brooks is on the fourth is on the court in the fourth quarter he's played so the last 6 games he's played 49 minutes in fourth quarters and his plus minus is minus 47 they're getting outscored by a point per minute every minute Dylan Brooks is on the court and his his running buddy is Jay Crowder Jay Crowder in those rough losses to the Thunder and Cavs he scored 0 points 0 points in 17 minutes he has only hit two shots in his last nine fourth quarters. Again, going back to that nine games ago, uh, Jay Crowder is shooting 18%, two for 11 from the field in fourth quarters. For the season, Jay Crowder is shooting 29% from the field on fourth quarters. So the reason it's been frustrating is these guys are clearly struggling in fourth quarters. Dylan Brooks has taken a handful of very, very terrible shots in these fourth quarters as well. He's turning the ball over. But the reason it's especially painful to me is because we contrast that with what we saw from D'Anthony Melton. D'Anthony Melton, who I was predisposed to like. It's not fair to Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks maybe plays a style of basketball I don't enjoy, and D'Anthony Melton does. So that part is not objective. It's very subjective. I like watching D'Anthony Melton play more. However, D'Anthony Melton right now has been fantastic 
in the minutes we've seen him. And and going back to when he, he started getting in the rotation when John ja Morant was hurt um, in losses to the Jazz and losses to the Pacers. But then when John ja Morant returned for the Warriors game and D'Anthony Melton started getting playing time in those rotations, even when Morant was healthy, we started seeing this beautiful thing. The D'Anthony Melton at shooting guard minutes, the backup to D'Anthony Melton. And I don't, I'm not saying I think D'Anthony Melton should start even. I think his role as backup shooting guard seems great, but I do think maybe him as closer is correct. The D'Anthony Melton at shooting guard minutes have been tremendous. I was pointing out over the last 15 games, which is just, if you don't know, on, on the NBA.com stat site, 15 games is the farthest back you can do like a segment without making it difficult, without having actually to, to type in dates. It has a drop-down menu. You can go back 15 games. And so over the last 15 games, D'Anthony Melton has the best net rating on the Grizzlies. And this is not that's not plus-minus, just so you know. This is not exactly what Popovich was decrying. This is your offensive, the team offensive rating while you're on the court. Um against the demons of rating way on the court and comparing that with when you're off the court, the change of when Anthony Melton goes into the game, they're plus 20 in net rating, which is huge, massive numbers by far the best on the Grizzlies team. Uh, Dylan Brooks is minus nine, which is second worst on the team, only ahead of Marco Guterich and Marco Guterich has played uh, way fewer minutes too. The problem with plus minus is uh, Dylan Brooks is out there a lot of the times against the better players. He's starting, he's playing harder opponents. So that is like the, that's what you have to factor in when you're interpreting these numbers. But so far, D'Anthony Milton has been crushing it when he's on the court. Uh, Not the same for Dylan Brooks. When you look at the lineups that I get excited about, the ones where Brandon Clark, Jaron Jackson Jr. and D'Anthony Melton all play. Just that three-man unit, I said last week, my stat of the week was they were plus 44 net rating. Since then, they've played 30 more possessions. than They've now played almost 110 possessions together. They're still plus 40 net rating. Their offensive rating is an unbelievable 140 points per 100 possessions, uh, and their defense is very good at 90 points per game. Uh, just, just when... John Morant and Anthony Melton play together, which is still very, very small sample size. They have they have a po- a very positive net rating, uh, plus twelve point five. The the Brooks and Crowder net rating for the season, just those two guys. When those two guys are on the court, the Grizzlies are getting outscored uh, by six points per hundred possessions. So there's a lot to that. that there's a lot to that, and there's a lot of numbers you got to figure it out, and it, and it isn't definitive. But I think it is definitive. When the eye test exactly matches what the numbers are over the recent stretch of games, that a strength of the Grizzlies is playing D'Anthony Melton at backup two guard, playing him alongside Jaron Jackson Jr. and Brandon Clark and John Morant, and you throw in Jay Crowder to that. We've yet to see my perfect lineup, my dream lineup of Kyle Anderson as the fifth in that. But those lineups have been successful. Every time they've gone out this time, I don't think there's been a game where that lineup has not performed well. And because of those guys being young and being the future of the Grizzlies, presumably that's what makes it frustrating for me as a fan. I don't think Dylan Brooks is going to keep shooting uh, 12%. Uh, in fourth quarters, I think eventually he will stop turning the ball over and making these like hero ball plays. But 
until he does, I would like to see him rein back just a little bit. He can still start. He can still play 25 minutes. He's good. I love that Dylan Brooks is extremely competitive. He tries very hard. He's defensive offensive and defensive player. He's an okay player, but it's just gotten so frustrating to see Taylor Jenkins go away from what I thought were extremely successful lineups uh, to put in lineups that have not been that successful closing games. I mean, part of that, like John Morant is on the court with these guys too. And John Morant, his net rating is also terrible. Uh, his, his just raw plus minus is terrible. He's up there with all the rest of the guys because he's on the court together. But I don't understand how they've gone away from what I think was successful in the win against the Warriors. Uh, they didn't have Brandon Clark or Kyle Anderson, but it was Morant, Melton, and Jaron Jackson Jr. playing together in the fourth that seemed to put that game away. In the Suns game, the next game after the Warriors game, that's when we first saw what I was calling the wrecking crew. We first saw, first off the bench, Tyus Jones, D'Anthony Melton, and, and Brandon Clark together, and they crushed. They started the fourth quarter. Um, they started the fourth quarter with a more of a starters lineup. They brought in Dylan Brooks and Valanciunas. But then this big stretch of the fourth was Morant, Melton, Crowder, Brandon Clark, Jaron Jackson Jr. That was the win. Against the Bucks, that loss where Clark and Morant set, it was hard to tell. All the, the lineups were, were really wonky because those guys were out. But then in Washington, it was same as Phoenix. It was Clark, Jackson, Melton, Anderson playing together for the first time. And then uh, Clark, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Morant were crushing with D'Anthony Melton. This is just the same thing, repeating it over and over and over. Uh, the win against the Heat. Guterich finally got like a DMP. Um, they gave up that huge run against the zone in the fourth quarter where, where the, the backup unit was getting kind of killed by the zone. But then, weirdly, Miami gave up on the zone once they got a one-point lead. The Grizzlies finished the game with Morant, Melton, Crowder, Clark, Jaron Jackson Jr., and they won. And I was like, this is what we're going to get. Uh, but then again, we lost it. We, we, we got the huge lead. The Grizzlies got the huge lead against the Thunder with that special bench unit that I love. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. got in foul trouble. Um, like I said earlier, Taylor Jenkins fouled his man out. Uh, Taylor Jenkins against the Cavs. Um, oh, against, against it was the Kings. This drives me nuts. This drives me insane. Brandon Clark, who's a backup, a backup big, he got two fouls in 50 seconds, and he pulled him out. There's no way Brandon Clark is going to foul out of this game. We knew that when it happened. I tweeted it when it happened. This is insane. Jer Jonas Valanciunas wasn't playing. There was no reason to short Brandon Clark minutes. It was, excitingly, the first time Brandon Clark had played a back-to-back. John Morant and Brandon Clark playing the back-to-back -back for the first time ever. That was exciting. But it was so frustrating to see Taylor Jenkins, what I consider a, a regressive view on fouls, which is when you get two fouls in the first quarter, you just take your guy out. Brandon Clark finished with two fouls. He only played 19 minutes. There's no reason to shorten your guys' rotations, especially when it's so damaging to your team. And this is where it gets weird, where it's like, okay, wins and losses aren't the most important part about this season. That's what people say. I understand that. But it seems like playing Brandon Clark is an important part of this season. It seems like playing D'Anthony Melton is an important part of this season. It seems like letting Jaron Jackson Jr. be on the court in the third quarter with four fouls in a close game, that's an important part of development, an important part of this season. So I don't understand how the foul trouble, um, like why they're being pulled out. I don't understand when D'Anthony Melton plays basically flawlessly over two games against the Kings. He was basically flawless. His first quarter run was fantastic. 
he was he just they changed the game when my wrecking crew came in of Tyus Jones, Brandon Clark, and Anthony Melton. They changed the game, and then De'Anthony Melton gets in one more minute in the second quarter. Same thing in the third quarter. Uh, these guys, they pull away. They built the lead behind that good second-man unit, and, and then they, they got up to 17 points, and then uh, they, don't, they don't get to play again. I, I, it was so bizarre. The, that, the, the starters came back in, that, that Jay and Dylan squad that is struggling so badly in fourth quarters, and maybe Taylor Jenkins is sticking with those guys Hoping it's going to turn around. Like they need to shoot their way out of the slump, I guess. But for 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 DeAnthony Melton to put together like the the run of games he's had in limited minutes and not see more playing time, it's just bizarre. It's head scratching. It's frustrating. Like right now, DeAnthony Melton, every lineup he plays in, it's good as far as the statistics. And it's that's gonna stop. He does turn the ball over a good bit. Maybe he's doing some things wrong as far as like he's he's forcing things he's not supposed to. But there seems to be this massive double standard. Dylan Brooks is forcing all kinds of things, and, and he gets the long leash. So uh, I know the discussion has to be like he's a restricted free agent. Dylan Brooks, what's he going to make next year? What's the salary to keep him around? What kind of salary do we want to keep him around? I don't know. Those are tough questions, but I, I just I'm frustrated that the lineups haven't exactly gone exactly uh, how I thought they were. Like we had this flash, we had this flash where it looked like the lineups made sense. Some of it, you know, there was a wrench thrown in. Like Grayson Allen is playing really well. Taylor Jenkins, another frustrating thing. I think it was the end of the Cavs game. He threw out a new lineup that had never played together before, which was Tyus Jones, D'Anthony Melton, Grayson Allen with Solomon Hill and Jonas Valanciunas. Things didn't fall apart in that game, but it was it was strange to be like, why are we playing this brand new lineup when we already have successful lineups? We already have a ready-made unit ready to play who's been playing well. Why are we doing something completely new uh, and blowing a lead? It bothered me. Maybe there's an answer to the question, like why don't Melton and Clark play more? Are they still bringing them along slowly? Is it some kind of culture-building where these guys need to earn their minutes. It seems like Grayson Allen has been gifted a lot of minutes, even though Grayson Allen has been really good recently. He's been really, really strong. Uh, and the roster makeup is not perfect. It's it's overbalanced. Like They want to see Dylan Brooks play a lot of minutes. It seems obvious that is somehow organizationally mandated. And he's, again, he's one of the better wings. I've said a lot of ill things about Dylan Brooks, and the Grizzlies are getting trounced while he's out there in fourth quarters and he's making bad decisions. But... He's one of the, he's, you know, he needs to be playing. There's, I have no issues with this guy playing 20, 25 minutes a game. That, that makes sense to me. I, I'm not as crazy about Jay Crowder playing 30 minutes per game or Solomon Hill. Solomon Hill, who again has been fine. He's been good. He's been good for him. He's been one of the most consistent three point shooters on the team. But if we're rebuilding and we're doing well with the young guys, turning away from the young guys to, uh, to do slightly worse. With some of the older guys is uh, it, it's a, it's a head scratcher. Uh, I guess we should talk about a couple more things before I get out of here. Uh, Tyus Jones getting a lot of attention. He uh, had been underwhelming, but his last eight games he has forty one assists and two turnovers. That's from Grizz's PR. Everyone pointing that out. Um, I guess a reminder to that. Much like we have a caveat with plus minus, where it's confusing and single game is basically meaningless and. And even overall, just plus minus is, you know, there's stuff you got to consider with it. Uh, assisted turnover is not this overwhelmingly good stat. 
it's great that our backup point guard doesn't turn the ball over, but also, you know, turnovers aren't necessarily bad. If you have to create, you need to do things. It's like a quarterback who is very conservative can have like no interceptions. That's not always great. You don't always want your quarterback throwing like a short underneath pass on third and long, uh, and not picking up the first down. So yes, it's good. Uh, the lineups with Tyus Jones have, have been doing really well recently. The office of rating when Tyus Jones is on the court has been really good and it is good to turn it over. But again, the, the leaders in assisted turnover are never the best players. You never see like, Oh, LeBron James, he's a, uh, he's up there. No, no, no. They, those guys turn the ball over because they're trying things. They're attacking the defense, they're putting the defense in uncomfortable positions. Sometimes you get too aggressive, but Tyus Jones has been playing solid. Uh, John Morant had that dunk again, another amazing missed dunk. Uh, I was telling the story on Fast Break Breakfast where I was driving in Knoxville listening to Pete and Brevin on the ra- on the, the TV broadcast on, on my phone. Uh, and when one of them yelled like, that's the greatest missed dunk I've ever seen, I pulled my car over uh, to, to, to watch it and then uh, had, had to tweet it. Uh, just fantastic things. If he ever gets it, I know he got the one over Aaron Baines, but that one would have been one of the most spectacular dunks in NBA history. Um, over the last two weeks, the Grizzlies are ninth in the NBA in net rating, according to Cleaning the Glass. So this is, again, the team is trending in the right direction. It seems like they're playing very, very well. Let's just uh, let's let Brandon Clark and Anthony Melton play with the starters a little bit more and finish with the young, fun guys. Uh, they have the eighth-best offense over that span and the 15th-best defense. For the season, uh, they're still only up to 23rd in overall uh, the if efficiency differential. That's like your your net rating. Um, as a fan, I gotta say, I'm very I'm still like losing to the Thunder in the big the big loss and that just bizarre you you, you played Jaron Jackson Jr. one and a half minutes. Losing that game and then losing the Cavs game to a very bad team where you blow a loss. I keep thinking they should be 13 and 17 now and right in that playoff hunt. Uh, but one final throwing Dylan Brooks under the bus. Uh, I think I mentioned the last six games, they're Getting outscored by 47 points in the fourth quarters when Dylan Brooks is on the court. Uh, in the last, just the last three games, in the last three fourth quarters, Dylan Brooks has played 30 minutes, and the Grizzlies have been out have been outscored by 33 points. So, all caveats included with single game plus minus. If you're getting outscored by an average of 11 points per fourth quarter, that's bad. And again, Morant's been on the court with him too. But Morant's uh, plus minus, I think, is. It's minus 34. So his Morant is one worse than Dylan Brooks. So it's not all Dylan Brooks. It's just the contrast of the lineups that have been working with the Dylan Brooks going through these, these fourth quarter struggles makes it stark. Also, another big reason, I mean, yes, Dylan Brooks is contributing to this, but the whole team over this this random nine-game sample I was looking at, the, the last nine games they played, the Grizzlies are a nine of 65 on three-pointers in the fourth quarter. That's 14% three-pointers in this stretch of games. So the Grizzlies are having so much trouble in the fourth quarter. Again, weirdly, they've won five of those games. Despite the overall improvements, inexplicably in the month of December, in the fourth quarters, the Grizzlies are our last in net rating for the fourth quarters. And yet, they're 6-6. Six and six. One of the Western Conference teams that doesn't have a losing record in the month of December, despite uh, getting crushed every fourth quarter. There's an answer. 
You found the answer, Taylor Jenkins. Now just uh, stick with it. Uh, anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, when the pendulum swings fully back and Dylan Brooks starts lighting it up and Anthony Melton and Brandon Clark fall off a cliff, feel free to throw all the stuff in my face that I just said. But thanks for checking the show out. Hope you have a Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays, everybody. Go Grizz. For the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com slash safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. On July 23rd, 1993, basketball superstar Michael Jordan's father, James Jordan, was murdered in North Carolina. This is the father of the most famous athlete on the planet, and on his 57th birthday, he was an unidentified dead man in the middle of nowhere. From WREL Studios, available now is Follow the Truth, where we dig into the story of the James Jordan murder and the man who says he didn't do it. I know that if this was not Michael Jordan's father, I wouldn't be in prison. We'll question the evidence. Is it possible for a man to be shot in his car and authorities not find any blood? Our ballistics expert says it couldn't have happened. Shed light on the mystery that has always surrounded the murder. Whether his financial dealings could have had anything to do with his death. And uncover bombshell new developments. Here we are a quarter century later and the back cover on this whole murder case isn't yet closed. Follow the truth on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.